Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. Rumours can come true. Never trust a Defoe. Hair can grow back and sometimes your web comes from the inside. And I know all of this because I'm something of a spoiler myself. <laughs> something of a spoiler man myself. A friendly neighbourhood spoiler man. And a screamer too because that was so loud. I don't know why Maddie D is just screaming everything. I'm excited, today. Kieran. Well, okay, now I understand why he's I'm very excited. Because Maddie D and I just saw Spider-Man No Way Home and we're here to see how well we did with predicting the plot two years ago. So if you haven't listened to that original Spider-Man No Way Home episode we did where we predicted the plot, I strongly urge you to listen to that because I think it has to be one of my favourite episodes of all time. Yeah, I think mine too. Because listening back to it, it was, again, if I do say so myself, I thought it was really funny. I thought it was really entertaining. But I guess that's up to the listeners and not us, whether an episode of ours is good or not. But yeah, I was actually surprised. I hadn't heard the episode, I think, since the movie came out, since we listened to it after we saw the movie. Yeah, me neither. So I'd forgotten most of it. Mm. In fact, I'd forgotten what we predicted. I'd forgotten all the jokes we made. Yes. So it was great listening back to it. I was laughing. I was on a bus, believe it or not. <laughs> I was just laughing my ass off at my own jokes on a bus. <laughs> and Matty Dew's jokes as well, of course, because he had some crackers in that episode. And oh boy, oh boy, I can't wait to get into some of the stuff he talked about as well. We're going to revisit everything we said in that episode. I'm so looking forward to it. But before we do that, Matty D, how much, and this is going to be an easy question, how much do you think Spider-Man No Way Home made in the worldwide box office? It must have made a shitload, right? On a $200 million budget, by the way. So it has to make a fair amount in order to uh, claim that. What? How much was it? $200 million? $200 million. $800 million. $800 million. Well, you're on the way to being close because it made one- Maybe a a billion? It made $1.9 billion, (laughs) making it the sixth highest grossing movie of all time. So this is up there in the top 10 highest grossing movies of all time. Aquaman, I think, is like 12. Okay. Number 12, I believe. But yeah, it it made a similar amount, but this was more successful. This was more successful than uh, Aquaman, and I think we all know why. Everybody was talking about this movie when it came out. And- Unlike Aquaman, this movie came out during COVID. So, despite that, people weren't going to see Tenet because of COVID, (laughs) but people went and saw Spider-Man. Yeah. They braved COVID to go see Spider-Man and it made like a shitload of money, more money than movies not coming out during COVID. It was a pop culture phenomenon. Absolutely. And yeah, we're going to talk all about that this week. But before we do, Matty D, can you explain our point system before we dive into critiquing? How well we did predicting the plot? Absolutely. So, we both did two individual plots for this prediction. I'm going to grade Kieran's plot. Kieran's going to grade my plot. If we guess something that wasn't in any of the promotional material, which and is was a, a lot. fair lot in this movie, then we give ourselves two points. If we got something that was in the trailer or any of the pre-existing promotional material, that's one point. If we kind of were on the right track with something, which there are a few of those, that's half a point. And if we got something completely dead wrong, that's zero points. We calculate all those up and we decide or we find out how well we did in that movie. That makes a lot of sense, I guess. So, just want to say as well before I dive into what Maddie D said, in that original episode, I referred to MJ as Michelle Jane when she's actually Michelle Jones. Okay. Just want to clear that That's up okay. for absolutely everybody. That was just a little <laughs> slip up that I made there. In fact, I called her Mary Jane at one point. Oh, yes. And then you said, ah, isn't she actually Michelle? And I went, oh, yes, Michelle, <laughs> Michelle Jane. Jane. <laughs> but that was wrong. It was actually Michelle Jones. So, all the Spider-Man fans can stop sending me okay. hate mail. You can calm down. I know I said the wrong name. <laughs> so, before Matty D started his plot, he claimed that he saw a second Spider-Man in the trailers wearing a black suit. <laughs> I did, yes. And it's actually Tom Holland's it Spider-Man. Is. And you said, it's definitely another Spider-Man. 
it was not. We do not see another Spider-Man in any of the trailers. No, no. And that's very important before we go into our prediction. Yes. At the time of the recording, there was absolutely no information that there was going to be any other Spider-Man that, in this movie. That's right. It was a very, well, it's common knowledge now. Everybody knows it now. It's in all of the promotional material that came out way after the movie. And it's just, as we said, common knowledge. But before the movie was released, they were really, really tight-lipped about it. In fact, people were denying, like the studio was denying, like Sony was denying, the other actors were denying mm-hmm. that any other Spider-Man actors were going to appear in this movie. And at they all. did a good job, I think. They I know, did a good job. I know a lot of people after the fact said, oh, it was obvious. We knew, yeah. it, we knew going in, but really no one did. We talked about this in depth in the original episode before there was any concrete information either. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm glad we had that conversation. But yes, so... You said that the movie would start cold with a reminder that Spider-Man's identity, as in Peter Parker, has been outed by J. Jonah Jameson. Gave you a point for that. That's true. Does start off that way. You said that J. Jonah Jameson appears on a late night program and berates (laughs) Spider-Man. Gave you half a point because he just appears on his regular live InfoWars style broadcast and it's taking place the second after, uh, well, maybe a couple seconds before the previous movie ended. But you said it takes place right after the previous movie ended, but several hours later, <laughs> and he's on a different program. It's a different time of day. And I kept telling you, no, no, yeah, you're, yeah, doing, yeah. you're, you're I, wrong. I don't know why I kept saying late night program when it was the middle of the day, but I think you know what I meant. Yeah, I knew you were wrong. It's just and I was what trying I said. To, <laughs> I knew you were wrong and I was trying to help you, but you just refused the help. You said that uh, we'd have a cute, upbeat title sequence. We don't actually have no, a, a title not. sequence at all. No. Doesn't happen. You said that Peter and MJ are lying on the roof of the school, trying to get some peace and solace. Now, that does happen in the movie, not at this point. Mm-mm. We'll get into why you said it at this point later on. You said that MJ tries to put a positive spin on the situation. Oh, wow. But Peter just whines and moans that his life is ruined. Gave you a point for that. That was in the trailer. Oh, really? MJ yeah. had a positive spin? <laughs> well, she didn't really. <laughs> But she did sort of bring up, like, are you relieved that it's all out there and you don't have to hide it? It's not this big burden on you anymore, but he's like, now it's more of a burden. (laughs) I hate being Spider-Man. The constant Tom Holland characterization of uh, Spider-Man across all three movies. He made some character growth in this movie, though. He certainly did. We'll talk about it. But, yeah, when we started, I was just like, oh, that's right. That's the thing that he does constantly. (laughs) Complains. Remember we didn't really like... Far from home that much because of like how weird and inconsistent the tone of the movie was. Yes. And like they would establish rules and not follow them. Yeah. I think this movie, you know, early spoilers here, I think this movie is a market improvement. Oh, yeah. And it has a much more consistent tone all Absolutely. the way through. But yeah, I, I think we both, I think it's really obvious that we both enjoyed it way more than uh, Far From Home. <laughs> but not to say that we didn't enjoy Far From Home. But like I said, I'm seeing a lot of improvements here. But just at the start, we're still returning to the old. How, how Tom Holland has always played Spider-Man. You said that Peter goes to school, even though he's already at school. He's on the roof. He's just going <laughs> to swing down. And outside there are protesters. And again, it was nighttime, I believe, when he was on the roof. No, it was in the afternoon. It was in the afternoon. My yeah. bad. It was in the afternoon. But yeah. And outside there are protesters who believe that Spider-Man killed Mysterio. Gave you a point for that. Yep. It was in the trailer. But it's yes. in the trailer, yep. You said that another group of people outside the school are obsessed with the fact that Peter is Spider-Man. Happens as well. That's in the trailer. Gave you a point for that. You said that Peter's classmates swarm around him like paparazzi, giving him no privacy. Gave you a point for that. That was in the trailer. You said that Flash Thompson now wants to be Peter's best friend. Wasn't in the trailer. Two points. Well done. That exactly happens. Uh, You said the same thing, so. Yep. You said that Peter's teachers now act weird around him, thinking he might hurt them. (laughs) Gave you a point and a half for that because two of Peter's teachers love that he's Spider-Man and, in fact, they're encouraging him to be Spider-Man around the school while Hannibal Buress's PE teacher... Calls him a murderer and really doesn't accept that he's there. 
Yeah, they more treat him like a celebrity than a threat. That's right. One of them makes a little shrine for him <laughs> and claims that the students did it. And dresses up in a suit for the first time for that character. Yes. You said that the principal meets with Aunt May and Peter and suspends him from school for his own good. Doesn't actually happen at all. No. In fact, I don't know why he goes to school at all. Like, what did he think was going to happen? I-, I think that was just him trying to return to a normal life. Like, literally the day after being outed. Yes. Where everyone knows him. Well, he might have he might have a quiz that he needs to do. It didn't make any sense to me why he went to school. I, I think the movie was just trying to illustrate how much his life is different. Yes. Yeah, well, they have to show the familiar locations to mm. show you, like you said, how different it is. So, that's the real reason. But logically, it doesn't make a lot of sense. No. You said that Peter is upset and feels alone, and Aunt May tries to give him advice, even though she's been ostracized from her charity work. Gave you half a point for that, because Peter's more upset that his friends and family have been affected, but Aunt May's charity work hasn't been affected yeah, at all. Yeah, it continues on. Yeah, in fact, that's how we it's, meet the Green Goblin. That's a huge plot point, yeah. <laughs> yes. You said that Peter tries to contact Happy Hogan, but Happy completely ghosts him. Happy does not fucking leave him alone <laughs> at all in the actual movie. He is around way too much in this movie. Not that I mind him. He wasn't, he wasn't he was annoying. Good. He was fun. He was funny. My favourite part is when, like, they're showing, like, a quote from him on the news. And it was, like, a picture from, like, 20 years yes, ago. Yes, he's got the long hair. He's got, he's got long hair. And he's obviously <laughs> much younger. And it cuts back to, like, Happy watching it, like, with his head in his hand. And goes, At least they used a good picture. <laughs> you said that Peter will lament that Tony Stark isn't around. Now, that doesn't actually happen in this no. movie. Stark Industries is mentioned a couple of times, but Tony Stark isn't actually name-dropped at all. Yeah, and, and, and Happy Hogan mentions him at Aunt May's grave, but that's about it. That's right. Yeah, but not in the same no. circumstance no. that you're trying to say here. You said that Peter is visited by the police who question him over the death of Mysterio. Gave you a point for that. It happened a lot earlier in the movie than you were predicting, <laughs> yes. like days later. <laughs> a lot of paperwork, Kieran. So, I noticed at this point... That you're following the beats of the trailer, but not the beats of the movie. Yes. So, you were just presuming that the movie would happen in the same order as the trailer, which didn't really make a lot of logical sense. Or just being lazy because I had no idea. That could be it too. Maybe I'm being more generous than uh, (laughs) I should be. You said that MJ and Ned are being questioned by the police as well. In classic Matty D fashion, he couldn't remember Ned's name at all. Nope. Eddie, I think I called him. Eddie, yeah. Gave you a point for that because that was actually in the trailer too. One of the trailers. You said that Peter is grilled by the (laughs) police. Yeah, no one knows Ned's name. That's true. That happens in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was talking about them being uh, interrogated. You said that Peter is grilled by the police and everything he says just digs him deeper in trouble. Gave you two points for that. Technically true. We didn't see that in any of the promotional material. You said that suddenly Happy appears and gets Peter released by the police. Now, Happy is actually being investigated himself and Mm. it's actually Matt Murdock, Daredevil of all people, who gets Peter out of trouble with the police. Which was a cameo that no one saw coming, or at least we didn't, and got a huge reaction in the cinemas. We both saw this in the cinemas and the crowd exploded. That's right. It took me a while to work out who he was. I missed lines of dialogue when I watched the movie the first time. Yeah, that's right. That's not the only place where I missed lines of dialogue, but I I was like, oh, that's what they said when I watched it again. Yeah, I was the same. But yeah, uh, I didn't really know who he was. But then like halfway through the scene, I leant over and was like, oh, that's Daredevil. And then he goes, yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) You said that Happy tells Peter to lay low and stay out of the public eye until the initial hype dies down. Gave you half a point because that's sort of the case because Happy does suggest that they relocate to like his condo bachelor pad. Yes. But Peter isn't actually told specifically to stay out of the public eye. He just does his own thing anyway. You said that Happy will compare Peter's predicament to when Tony Stark outed himself in the, at the end of the first Iron Man movie, telling him that he can never have a normal life again. Gave you half a point for that because Peter does actually fear that he won't be able to have a normal life again, mm. but it's never actually directly discussed between himself and Happy. There's no, no comparison to Tony Stark. 
Even though that would make sense because like literally every other superhero in this universe doesn't have like an alter ego or like a secret yeah, no. identity. So it should be something like they should be a support group. And, and they usually love mentioning Tony Stark. Yeah. <laughs> they showed great restraint. And I think it really improved the movie because yes. if you remember in Spider-Man Homecoming. They didn't shut up about him. There was too much Tony Stark in that movie. He was practically a character in that movie. He was a character. He was the secondary lead in that movie. He was all the way through it. And I'm like... Spider-Man movies don't need Tony Stark in them. Thanks very much. So you said that Peter mopes around a bit more and MJ says, it's not like you're a wizard who could have predicted all this, causing Peter to be reminded of Doctor Strange. Now, I gave you half a point for that because while this specifically doesn't happen, I'll give you a very generous half a point because Peter is reminded of Doctor Strange when he sees Halloween directions at MJ's place of work. So that ties MJ and the reminder of the wizard into the same location. So, yeah. I was being generous. That is very generous. You said as well that as Peter is leaving, he hears Aunt May giving a distress phone call to the police or the school. Take your pick. This doesn't happen at all. Now, one of the, I think one of the reasons your plot was so long, it was about 35 mm-hmm. minutes we worked out just before recording. One of the reasons your plot was so long is because you kept saying the same things over and over <laughs> and over again. You kept reiterating points and going, can I drum this point home hard enough? And yes, too hard. I think is <laughs> yes. what you went. Because the first half of your plot is so long. Yeah. To the point where you don't have time to focus on the second half of the plot and you really skim over... The important bits. The important parts of the movie. Mm. The, the stuff we're here to see. Yes. The stuff we care... The exciting stuff. You just breeze over because you're spending so long focusing on the most boring part of the movie. Well, I think that's the part where I thought I'd get the most points as well. <laughs> well, that's true. That's, well, not actually quite true, but we'll see. We'll see. So, you said that Peter goes to Doctor Strange's icy lair, which is icy because <laughs> he's a magic man who was doing magic. Is now, try to true? understand, try to understand, try, try, try to understand. He's a magic man, yeah. oh. Yes. Now, even though that could be seen as correct, <laughs> that was the best answer you could come up with on the spot after initially going, oh. He's a magic oh. man. He's a magic man. He's doing magic. He's doing magic, yeah. So, I didn't give you any points for that. I don't want any points, but that is kind of true. <laughs> So you said that Dr. Strange, I wrote down Dr. Stranger, you said that Dr. (laughs) Strange says that there is nothing that can be done except for this one spell that could work. I couldn't possibly do anything except for this This one one convenient spell. You said that Wong appears and tells Dr. Strange not to use the spell and then he leaves and Dr. Strange just ignores him. Gave you a point for that. That's essentially (laughs) the case. That was in the trailer too. You said that the spell will potentially make everyone forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Sounds good. Gave you a point for that. Yes, that was a very big part of all the trailers. Mm-hmm. You said that Doctor Strange takes Peter downstairs to his spell room. Yeah, he does. Yeah, pretty much. It has a name, but I don't remember it. I didn't write it down. I don't think it was either spell room or man cave. <laughs> it was basically a man cave. <laughs> you said that as Doctor Strange starts the spell, Peter realizes that MJ, Ned, and Aunt May will forget that he's Spider-Man and it may affect their relationship with him. Gave you a point for that. Again, it was in the trailer. You said that Peter... T- <laughs> You said that Doctor Strange tells Peter to shut up <laughs> and through being distracted, the spell is ruined and we get some nice special effects where things explode and da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> yeah. What Very what beautiful description. descriptive language. So, you went into depth about like the inner turmoil of Peter Parker and how it was affecting his school life mm-hmm. and his personal life mm-hmm. with his friends and mm-hmm. all this. But now, now we're getting to the point where we're like, shit, I've been talking for 20 <laughs> minutes. I can't describe anything interesting. You said that the spell partially works and everyone forgets that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. 
Sounds like the definition of the spell working to me, yeah. rather than it being ruined. But anyway, you said that except if Peter touches someone, they suddenly realise that Peter is Spider-Man. And Doctor Strange explains that this is the case because after three days, the spell will finalise. And everyone who Peter doesn't touch before the, that period, that, that grace window is over, will permanently forget that he's Spider-Man, which allows Spider-Man time to reverse the spell yes. for his friends and family. Sounds like the spell worked even better than expected. He's yeah. got all these outs. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the only way I can figure that the friends... You knew. spent so much time explaining this. Like, that was the abridged version. You spent at least five, <laughs> six minutes explaining how this spell worked. Never the case in the movie well, at all. It was, and I know you had similar difficulty as well, just trying to figure out what this spell was and how this yeah. spell worked. I had my own crazy theories yeah. that are probably not that correct either. And, and we knew that the friends, we knew MJ and Ned knew Spider-Man was Peter Parker and we were just like, how? 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 Does the spell work? Does the spell not work? If the spell doesn't work, why are the bad guys back? So that was my best effort there. Yeah. Well... It rambling. Was, it, was, it was interesting. Fridge logic. After you, you finished your really long explanation mm -hmm. of the spell and how it works, I went, that sounds like you're really going out on a limb. <laughs> There's no evidence of any of this. No. And it doesn't happen. Yeah. So, or at least the touching aspect of yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Happen. You said that Peter touches... Well, in fact, the spell doesn't work at all. Yeah. You said that Peter touches Ned and restores his memory and gives uh, MJ a surprise kissy, restoring her memory as well. <laughs> Weirdly enough, at the end of the movie, the complete opposite is the case. But what you described doesn't happen in the movie at all. Yeah. Kiss happens at the end. There's no kiss at the end. Uh, doesn't MJ kiss Peter before- Before says, she loses her memory. But I'm saying like- oh, right, In your plot, he's trying to convince them yeah. who he is. And in the actual movie, he goes against trying to convince them who he is after it's they've like forgotten. It's the opposite. Well, yeah. it is the opposite, which is funny. You said that the spell also opens up the multiverse. That was the one aspect about the spell you got right. I gave you a point for that. You said that Spider-Man hears on the radio that a portal is opening up or whatever, and he says, this is weird. Cool. Doesn't happen. And yeah, that was a direct quote from your, your plot. <laughs> you said that Peter is running around and sees some stuff going down on a freeway, so he puts on his spider suit and whatever. Again, another direct quote. <laughs> I like, again, you were really specific at the start, and now it's just like, yeah, and this happens, and that happens, whatever. And like, um, this is where it gets hard to sort of work out what's yeah. actually going on, because you become so vague, and you're like... You'll start a sentence and go, and then some stuff happens, yeah. blah, 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 and whatever, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember having to ask questions mm. in that original episode because I'm like, I can't really picture what's going on. <laughs> and it gets more difficult as we go along, right. but we'll, we'll discuss it. Well, so, maybe I can help. Yeah, maybe maybe you can. Uh, you said that Peter meets Doc Ock and they have a fight. Nice. Gave you a point for that. I yeah. was in every one of the trailers. This is where your plot really should have started. Uh, you said that on oh, the movie too. Uh, you said that Doc Ock removes Peter's mask and realizes he's not Tobin Maguire. Gave you a point for that. Uh, by the way, in this scene in the trailer, Spider-Man is wearing his normal Spider-Man costume, his normal fabric one. And in the yes. movie, he's wearing like his Stark technology nanobot costume. Yes. So, I don't know why they changed it. Who knows? Maybe they didn't have a reason for him to defeat Doc Ock in the, when they were you know, shooting the footage for the trailer and, uh, then, and then changed that as the movie developed. Yeah, I think, I think there were some things they changed when the movie was yeah. made. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do think so. And they did do some reshoots. A yeah. lot of people suspected that they added in the other two Spider-Men in reshoots, but I think the no. plan was always to include them. Yeah, I like, think that's Given the, the fact that the movie is being sold on multiverses are opening up and people from other movies are coming in, there's no point doing the movie, mm -hmm. as I kept saying over and over again in that original episode, if the other two Spider-Men aren't in it. So I don't believe the fact that, you know, they reshot and added all that stuff in. Mm -hmm. But they did change some aspects, as we've just pointed out here. You said that Spider-Man is able to outsmart Doc Ock with the help of MJ and Ned, and MJ will be involved with a lot more of the action scenes. Now, I gave you half a point for that because Peter does manage to outsmart Doc Ock by getting him Very to absorb easily. his uh, 
nanotechnology suit from Stark. But MJ and Ned are not involved in this fight scene at all. In fact, they're not really involved in most of the fight scenes. No, there's just that lizard scene and that's about it. Yeah, so MJ is slightly more involved with some of the action scenes, as in like Peter Parker has like a mobile phone mm-hmm. taped to his to his chest at one point, and they're trying to give him instructions, but they don't really help him at all. And, and Ned has wizard powers in this movie, but that's, yeah, that's about right. the extent of it. And, and good for the movie for giving him something to do this time. Yeah, but they're mainly just sitting around to just like do running commentary. Yeah, but they don't really help. I mean, Ned helps out by you know opening some portals, but MJ, forget about it. She doesn't help at all. In fact, uh, Peter tells her time and time again, MJ, you're not helping. <laughs> You said that maybe Doctor Strange will help trap Doc Ock as well. Hey. Gave, gave you half a point. You were so vague there but on the one thing you got correct about <laughs> this moment. That happens, though. He does trap Doc Ock. Yes. You said that when Doc Ock is trapped, Peter, MJ, and Ned make fun of Doc Ock's name. That was in the trailer. Gave mm-hmm. you a point for that. You said that Doc Ock will eventually become a good guy himself and fight alongside Spider-Man. Gave no. you two points for that. That does happen. That is the case. You said that Doctor Strange explains to Peter that portals are opening up and all the villains coming through were killed by Spider-Man and need to be sent back. Gave you a point and a half for that, because in your plot, Doc Ock is the only villain who's appeared so far. Like, there's mm-hmm. there's no other villains that have appeared in your plot. Like, again, you're sort of breezing over the really important stuff. And nobody ever says in the movie that Spider-Man killed all the villains. They just no. said that some of them die in their own universes or were sent back just before they died. In fact, not all of them died. No. So, yeah, you're on the right track, but not quite there. Yeah, on the right track. And we don't know how the villains get to this universe. We never see that. No. It's all done completely off screen. Yeah. Well, we see it in other movies. You know what I mean? We see it at the end of Venom to oh, like, the big carnage. We see it at the end of Morbius. I guess so. That's true. So we have seen it before, but yeah, not in this movie, weirdly enough. We just don't mm. see it in this movie. You said that Doctor Strange says that it's their destiny to be killed in their own universes, and Peter wants to find another way to help them. Gave you a point for that. That's, That's true. true. Was also in the trailer. You said that the box, oh, the big contentious box. That, that gave me so much heartache, that box. Yes, me too. You said that the box artifact that appears in the trailers is a magic time travel device that will reverse the effects of what happened, but will only work if each person who came from another dimension is gathered into a single location and Doctor Strange is against altering time and he doesn't want Peter to use the box at all. You know what? That does happen, but that's not what the box does, weirdly enough. Yes, so all of the time travel stuff is just not an element here. No. So I actually explain it a little bit here i said that the box actually contains the broken spell from earlier yes and you even pointed out i noticed that the symbols on the box were a protective spell yeah that's true they were there to pr- protect the spell and, and protect i know the spell but you said i think it has to do with time, time travel, travel. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and i even pointed out they do have a time machine in this universe so if they want to time travel they can easily <laughs> do it and uh using the box will undo the spell in the first place causing the villains to be instantly sent back to their own universes and dr strange very much wants to use the box to send them back mm-hmm. in the actual movie that is so yes all he's got to do is hit a button and everything will go back to normal but peter's just like well hold on i don't want to doom these guys even though most of them are already dead in their own universes but you know maybe there's another way we can help them you said that Doctor Strange shows Peter the consequences of altering time and space in some Inception-like scenes, but then decides he's on Peter's side and agrees to help Peter. <laughs> so he's just like, Peter, look at what will happen if you mess with the space-time continuum. Oh, actually, it's not that bad. I'll help you. Well, I think I think like Peter would convince him, right? Which does happen at the end of the movie. And I'm not fighting for points yeah. here. I don't deserve them. But like, kind of happens yeah, at the end of the at movie. At the end. But again, they don't even use the box. Yeah. To send them back. And also, Doctor Strange has to see the plan working before he says, That's yeah, right. okay, I'm on board now. That's right. That's right. You said that there is an out-of-body experience. Tick. Yeah, it was. 
I just saw it in the trailer, yeah. so... You said that while Peter is running around looking for the missing villains, he runs into Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, who is wearing his black symbiote suit from Spider-Man 3. Not in the black suit, but otherwise, he's so there. I gave you a point and a half, because Tobey Maguire and his Spider-Man, his Peter Parker, is in this movie, and he does meet our Peter... But everything else you said was wrong. Okay, everything else I said was wrong, but one and a half points. There was no information that Tobey Maguire was going to be in this movie. Well, I, I gave you... It would have been two points had you been closer to the actual movie. Like, the whole him being in the black suit was just plain wrong. Oh, it's absolutely. It's not a factor of the movie, yes. which is why I subtracted half a point. I could have subtracted a whole point. <laughs> you said that Toby Peter is now older and acts as a mentor to Peter Parker. Now, both of those things are correct, giving yes. you a total of four points. Cool. You said that Toby Peter will be unmasked after a fight in a very dramatic fashion. Now, in the actual movie, he just casually strolls in through a portal wearing his normal clothes. So, he's mm. not even wearing his Spider-Man suit when we meet him. He's so wearing it underneath, but yes. That's right. So, this is how far the, the actual movie is from what you were imagining. You were imagining a completely different circumstance of events to what we actually got. But then in saying that, so Yeah, far. but I mean, if you subscribe... Like, but I mean, if uh, that, something similar happened to Andrew Garfield, right? He came in with his spider suit and then took his mask off and had his mask That's off right. through the whole movie. So. Yeah. You know, whatever. <laughs> they didn't fight, though. No, they, they didn't did a fight. great job resisting the urge to do this, the boring old Avengers thing of whenever the superheroes team up, they have to have a fight. Well, first. well, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield had a little bit of a fight in when they first meet each other. Do they? I don't remember that at all. Yeah, yeah. Remember when they first see each other and they both web each other, and then oh, that's right. They and do. then Ned's mum is too. just like, "Can you clean up the web?" After a while, they they it, it's yeah, like a split right. second thing. I but. think they're just more so testing each other. Oh, you think so? Rather than like. Having like a, an actual, we hate each other fight. Well, yeah, it's not an actual fight, but there's a little bit of a confrontation. Yeah, sort of. You said that the middle of the movie will be Peter and Toby Peter fighting the, all the bad guys. Yeah. Well. Now, the fight with the bad guys doesn't happen until the very end the very of the movie. End, yeah. I mean, there is a fight, sort of, in the third act. Yeah. But Peter Parker, like Toby Peter Parker, is not involved. Yeah, in my head, they're hunting down all the bad guys in the movie. Yeah. All the bad guys are just they're, with them. <laughs> they're all in the van they've together. Already, they've already hunted them down yeah. at this point, and Peter just did that by himself. Mm. And in fact, Doctor Strange Doctor already, Strange, Doctor yeah. Strange did half the work before Peter was even involved. Yes. Now, you said that Electro will appear in a construction site. Give no. me half a point. It's actually a row of electrical wires in the middle of nowhere. He's just absorbing them. You said that the Green Goblin will appear and be the main villain of the movie. Two points. Thank you, sir. Very true. You said that the Green Goblin will be the brains of the villains. Two points. He is. Thank you. You said that the Green Goblin convinces all the villains to team up against Peter Parker so he can't send them back to their own universes to be killed. Two points yeah! again. That's exactly the case. I'm doing all right. This all happens in the movie. <laughs> in the third act, in the big third act reveal, this all happens. You said that Venom will appear in a mid credit <laughs> scene. Uh, you started to say that Venom will appear in a mid credit scene and then you changed your mind. Yeah, and I said, know. Instead, oh. he'll appear in the middle of the movie eating hot dogs in New York. <laughs> Gave you half a point because Venom does appear in the movie, but everything you and said about him- And he's drinking cocktails, not yeah. hot dogs. That's funny. Well, you don't uh, drink hot dogs, but <laughs> whatever. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's, he's in the mid credit scene. Yeah, you were so close to being I right. I know, I know. You could have had another two points there. And I think I even said, he's probably going to be in the mid credit scene, but I'm just going to say yeah. and just be wrong. I'm just going to be wrong. <laughs> you said that the Green Goblin breaks Vulture out of jail. Oh, what? oh God. That um, doesn't ha- you keep wanting that to happen yeah, in your movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vulture and Scorpion, I, I was really insistent. We've got to realise that Vulture and Scorpion aren't coming back. No. I know Morbius has Vulture in it, but there's not going to be a Morbius 2, so that doesn't matter. <laughs> And that didn't make sense in that Will movie anyway. Will it be anyway. in Craven the Hunter, maybe? What? Well, we can work it into our plot <laughs> predictions when we get to Craven the Hunter. You said that the Sandman and the Lizard will be there, but won't do much. <laughs> wow, That's wow. the extent of like your description of them. They're actually in the movie quite a bit. They are. They're in the movie more than the Green Goblin. Are they? Yeah. Oh, I guess so. Yeah. They don't do a whole lot 
And I think that's because they... Well, they- Flint Casey of the Sandman does his sort of like tornado sand mm. thing like three or four times in yes. the movie. And the lizard yeah. uh, is running around. They're very they're very sparing with because the, the, the special effects, they like those characters to be in darkness. Yes, that's right. off to the side. Have you noticed that? Yes. Yeah, they're always in the darkness and never really in full light. The one time that the Sandman is in full light is when they're in like Happy Hogan's uh, yes. bachelor pad and he's sitting on the lounge. Yes. And then in that moment, I was like, oof. Look better in Spider-Man 3. <laughs> hey, what was the Sandman's deal, by the way? I don't want to like go too much in a tangent here, but he comes in at the start and he's like, I'm going to help you, Spider-Man. Yeah. And then he gets captured by Doctor Strange, which makes sense. Yes. And they're like, we're going to send you home. And he's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I want to go back to my daughter. And then in the, in the condo, in the apartment, Green Goblin says, hey, screw this. We're powerful. Let's just kill Spider-Man and be bad guys. And Sandman just decides to join them. Yeah, it didn't make any sense to me either. Oh, there is there is a point late. Like, sorry, I'm just remembering. There is a point later on in the movie where he wants to go home, so he wants to get the box. So maybe he's not working with them. But it kind of got confusing because yeah. it seemed like he was. Yeah, yeah, it was very. No confusing. one cares about the spider. I think he didn't movie. want to lose his powers. I think that was the thing, and they were trying to remove his powers. And then Electro sort of talks him into not wanting to lose his powers. Oh, okay. I think yeah, maybe he just wanted to go home. But I was I, I remember watching it this time around and being a little confused. Yeah, I don't think he wanted to lose his powers, so that was why he was fighting back. Again, it didn't really make much sense, but, you know, eh. Eh. they needed a villain. You said that Electro will be shooting lightning. He'll just be hanging around shooting lightning. Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's all he does anyway, so I gave you a point for that. You said that the Green Goblin will kidnap MJ, causing Peter to have to hunt him down. Can Spider-Man come out and play? <laughs> this doesn't happen in the movie at all. No, it doesn't. You said that the Green Goblin will deliver one of his classic monologues. Two points. <laughs> Thanks, Gary. Absolute- that was the best part of the whole movie. Yeah, he finally gives like his big villain monologue, and I got so hyped in the cinema and rewatching it this time. I'd he like was, a big. He was so good in this movie. Yes, we'll talk about it when we finish talking about our plot <laughs> predictions. But yeah, we've got to we've got to save some uh, special mentions for Willem Dafoe and the Green Goblin in this movie. So you said that the Green Goblin will drop MJ off a bridge and. Peter saves her. Gave you half a point because MJ falls off some scaffolding, but Tom Holland doesn't save her. No, he does not. You said, we see it in the trailer, and I said to you, we do not, Mm -hmm. because we didn't. Nope. So you were just- Well, we'll go into it later. You were just presuming it was Tom Holland in the trailer when it actually wasn't. There you go. Surprise. Anyway, you said that Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker appears. For some reason, you just kept referring to him as Garfield, so I couldn't help (laughs) imagining- Like Like eating lasagna? Yeah, the cat- (laughs) Was just there dressed as Spider-Man. <laughs> Gave you two points, of course, for saying Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker appears. If you just said that Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker had appeared and didn't go into the whole like black-suited Spider-Man mm-hmm. thing from Spider-Man 3, you would have had two points for that as well. Yeah, I, I remember rumours were... Yeah, at the time, Andrew Garfield was very, very adamant that he wasn't in this movie. Mm. So, I thought it was a risk saying Andrew Garfield was going to be in it. I thought Tobey Maguire was more of a sure thing. Yeah. So that's why I sort of said he was going to be at the end, if nothing else, but- He was definitely there. Large chunk of the movie. So you said that Andrew Peter will be wearing glasses and riding a skateboard and taking (laughs) photographs. Nope. Thank goodness. So they removed all the worst aspects of his character from those other movies in this movie, and I applaud them for doing that. They really redeemed him as well. Absolutely. You said that Toby Peter will be the fan favorite of the movie. Gave you a point and a half for that. Because I think all three Spider-Man actors get a lot of love from the audiences mm. in this movie. I think there was equal praise for both Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. Yeah. So, I don't think specifically everyone just loved Tobey Maguire. I think they did a great job handling all three Spider-Men in their screen time. Yeah, absolutely. Movie. And having differences in their characters too. Mm. Isn't that surprising? Look at this. Giving compliments to a Marvel movie. <laughs> What's going on? Well, Sony movie, right? Oh, true. It's Sony Marvel, <laughs> not Disney Marvel. I think that explains everything. <laughs> Except they did bring us the Venom movies and uh, Morbius. 
which we could talk about later. <laughs> not everyone, and not everyone could be a winner. No. You said that Andrew Peter will be the depressed version of Spider-Man. I gave you half a point because he does have a somber moment, but all three of them do. So yes. it's not specific to him. It's not really his character. No. But yeah. you said he would be sort of broken up by the death of Gwen Stacy in his universe. And he is, which is why I gave you half a point there. Yeah, he mentions it. You said that the final fight takes place on the Statue of Liberty. He gave you a point for that. That's true. You said that J. Jonah Jameson televises the fight, ripping on Spider-Man the whole time. He's got three Spider-Man to rip on. Gave you a point and a half because this happens earlier in the movie at uh, Happy yes. Hogan's uh, apartment building, mm-hmm. but not at the Statue of Liberty. No. Actually, he might. Oh, he might yeah. Turn he up d- at he the d- Statue of Liberty. There is a scene where Tom Holland calls J. Jonah Jameson. Jameson yeah, but I don't think he actually goes to the Statue of Liberty and films it. I don't remember seeing like no, a camera crew there or uh, footage. I don't think so, no. You said that all three Spider-Men team up with Doc Ock thanks to Peter Parker winning him over. Two points? I already sort of gave you two points for that before, but you were more specific and you said that uh, Peter Parker talks him into being a good guy. Essentially, that's the case. Some chemicals were involved. (laughs) A new inhibitor chip was involved. He was was cured. It was essentially the case. You said that Venom joins in on the final fight as well. No, he's not there at all. Nope. His whole involvement in this movie was just a waste of time. Yeah. Even though it was leaked, it was... uh... Well, it wasn't leaked. We just had prior information. That was the only prior information we had going into this movie. Right. But I guess because they they just didn't have time to insert Venom and they must have just added that in as like an Easter egg to Venom. It's more of a joke at the end of the day. You said that they fight the Sandman, the Lizard, Electro, Vulture and the Green (laughs) Goblin. Gave you a point for that. That's true. We see it in the trailer. Not Vulture, though. Not Vulture. Vulture wasn't in the trailer. Wasn't in the cast list. But because Michael Keaton was just like, I'm playing Vulture again. You're like, ha he's going to be in this movie <laughs> and not a stupid cameo in Morbius. <laughs> Damn, mate. You said that the Sandman will be just sand and we won't really get to see the actor Thomas Hayden Church. Gave you two points for that. Because wow, he, I said that. Even though he can turn into Thomas Hayden Church in Spider-Man 3 whenever he wants to. <laughs> they didn't just, want to use that de-aging he remained, technology. He just remained uh, Sandman until the very end of the movie. Yeah. And they actually got Thomas Hayden Church in just for one shot. Well, that w- no, that was a scene from Spider-Man 3, right? That's true. They, they just took footage from <laughs> Spider-Man 3 because it wasn't even Thomas Hayden Church's voice. Wasn't it? Yeah, but they still credited him because of the footage. Right. But okay. It clearly wasn't his voice. Yeah. Because he had a completely different voice to Thomas <laughs> Hayden Church. Especially if you if you watch the Spider-Man 3 scenes back to back with the Sandman scenes in this movie. First of all, they do the special effects a lot better. Second of all, completely different actor. You said that Toby Peter sacrifices himself to defeat the villains and dies. Gave you half a point because he does get stabbed by the Green Goblin, but we don't really know if he dies or not. I like to imagine he went back to his universe and just went, (laughs) I think he doesn't. And it wasn't really a self-sacrifice either. Like he was trying to to prevent um, Peter Parker, our Peter Parker from murdering the Green Goblin and the Green Goblin gets like a cheeky stab in. Yeah, I don't think he dies. The tone of the movie seems to indicate that he's okay. Yes. You said that uh, the time box is activated and everyone slowly gets sent back to their own universes. Gave you a point for that because in the actual movie, Doctor Strange actually casts a new spell that causes everyone to forget that Peter Parker exists, which causes sort of like a catch-22 with the villains Mm -hmm. where like if they don't know that he's Peter Parker, then they can't be there and they have to be sent back. back to their own universe. It, it's, you know, there's no science behind this. It's just- You just have to go with it. That the movie presents to us. Yeah, I definitely went with it. Like, I'm like, in the moment, I was like, oh, that makes sense. It's just we're doing a shit job explaining it. I think that's the case. Uh, yeah, so I gave you a point for that. You said that as Toby Peter dies, he tells Peter, as in Tom Holland, Peter Parker, <laughs> gets so that confusing. with great power comes great responsibility. Gave you a point for that. Oh, okay. Which is technically two half points. Okay. Because- Aunt May actually does, does all of does. this. Yes. All of this happens with Aunt May 
And Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker does reiterate this point a little later on. Yeah. So, yeah, two half points there. So, yeah, you cool. did, did a decent job. Neither of us predicted that Aunt May was going to die in this movie. No, we didn't. And become the Uncle Ben for, for this Spider-Man anyway. You said that Andrew Peter will just smile and vanish. Now, I gave you a point for that because we already uh, I already gave you a point for saying that the characters will slowly yes. vanish one by one. That's the case. So, I gave you a point for the smile. <laughs> There he smiles go. in the movie. There you go. Yeah. He does at this point as he's disappearing. All he's doing is smiling and waving. So, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't give you the point if it wasn't oh, in the movie. Good old Peter 3. <laughs> I love that part too. You said that Doc Ock tells Peter that he wished he knew a Peter in his universe that was like him and tells him to read poetry to MJ. <laughs> of course, this doesn't happen in the movie. No. And I like that you had to point out as well. It's, like, oh, it's not that he doesn't like his version of Peter. It's just like he might not have turned evil if Tom Holland's Peter was uh, in his universe. So- First of all, he would not have even met Peter Parker if Tom Holland's Peter Parker was in his movie because there's no way that a scientist would be chatting with a 15-year-old high schooler who's too busy crying about how he doesn't like being Spider-Man. Unless there's something sus about Doc Ock. But, uh, yeah, well, he's got a wife, so it's all above board. <laughs> not that not saying... Okay, well, let's move on anyway, from that. Let's move on from that. So, you said that uh, everyone returns to their own universes and the status quo returns to normal. Not actually the case. I mean, no. everyone does return to their own universes. I, I already gave you points for that. completely wrong with this. But for especially for Tom Holland, there's no status quo back for him. His life is completely changed forever. In fact, I don't think he's ever coming back. Yeah, I mean, usually with these movies, things go back to normal when we leave happy. Yeah. This movie went in a very different direction and good for them for doing it. And they didn't set up for a sequel. They didn't set up for a sequel at all. With Tom Holland. I mean, he's he's in his spider suit swinging oh, around. Oh, he's around in that weird sort of like boxer short material. <laughs> he doesn't have Stark technology anymore. It looks like it would be really slippery. You know what I mean? Like he'd just scoot <laughs> along the ground. Like you would chafe in that stuff, sure. Yes, yeah, he would. But anyway, moving back onto what you said, you said that MJ will pretend that she forgot <laughs> that she forgets about Peter. Oh, no. Half yeah. a point. She does actually really forget about Peter. She's not pretending. You didn't care about Ned, so you didn't talk about him. You said that Aunt May asked Peter who he is really, and he looks over his shoulder at the Force Ghosts of the other two Spider-Men and says that he is a Skywalker. Sorry. And says that he is Spider-Man. Aunt May is dead. (laughs) Yes. He's at her grave. So no points there. Now, you said that uh, you just threw out some random oh, yeah, theories at this point. Bonus you, you predictions. kept talking. The reason that this episode is so long is because your original plot was so long. You said that J. Jonah Jameson will uh, fire someone and do his meme laugh. He doesn't. No, he doesn't. He doesn't fire anybody and he doesn't do he his doesn't laugh. meme laugh. You said that Tom Holland will tell Andrew Garfield how cool he is. He's like, wow, you ride a skateboard and take photographs. You're really cool. Now, in the actual movie, Andrew Garfield is like really down on himself. Yes. He doesn't have the cool guy persona, which was really a grating part of those amazing Spider-Man movies. Thank goodness they removed that. And Tobey Maguire is actually the one who tells him, you're amazing. <laughs> Don't forget, you're amazing, which was a nice reference there and a nice moment. I liked too. it too. Now, you said that everyone will be surprised by Tobey Maguire's organic web shooters. Two points. <laughs> that was, the, yeah, that, that, that was, was a great a prediction. Big scene in the movie. Another great prediction. You said that the other Peter Parkers won't know who the Avengers are. Two points. <laughs> There's a big scene with that too. I laughed out loud both times I watched it. <laughs> yes. When he's just like, oh, I'm, I'm part of the Avengers. And uh, their, their reaction Maguire, is just to be like, that's great. Tobey Maguire's just like, that's great. Who are the <laughs> Avengers? <laughs> just respond with positive first and like, yes, not even know. You said that Miles Morales will have a cameo. Not no. the case at all. There's a subtle mention, but not yes. yeah, other than that. Subtle reference, more so. 
You said that MJ and Peter will have a kissy upside down. Nope. Not the case at all. <laughs> just throwing everything just in the wall now. Just imagining they're both upside down. <laughs> you said that audiences will go crazy for this movie and it will be better than The Eternals. <laughs> <laughs> what was that laugh? Sorry. <laughs> was that the J. Jenner Jameson that's mean the, laugh? Yeah, that's the J. Jenner Jameson laugh. Now, uh, was it better than The Eternals? Yes. Two points. There you go. It certainly was. I mean, I don't think that's just my opinion. I think that's a universal opinion. <laughs> And fans did go crazy for this uh, this movie. Of course, the big marketing push that they had after the movie was released, they were saying that this is the best Marvel movie ever released. Mm. They were they were filming audience reactions. That, yeah. That's what was going around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. Like, I don't think before or so maybe like Infinity War or Endgame or something like that, I don't think- A little bit, but- uh, A movie has had this big of a reaction from an audience for, for a long time. I yeah. don't even think the Avengers, the, as in the original Avengers, was had such a, a big glowing response Not, from not the same, no. So, yeah. Well, you're right. Two points, as I said. That's all everything you said. Okay. That's all your points. Some some stupid stuff said, but some close yeah, stuff I, said. I didn't think it was that stupid. But anyway. Uh, How'd I go? You got a total of 69 points. Yeah, man. <laughs> I did pretty well. I love it. I love that. <laughs> I did pretty well. You did really well. This is one of the best plot predictions you've ever done. <laughs> Even though there was a whole bunch of silliness in there yes. and you really didn't focus on the important elements of no. the movie, you still did a really good job. Yeah. And this is one of the best predictions you've done in the run of this show. Well, Surprisingly thanks. so, given that you had zero confidence. <laughs> yes, I said I had zero confidence. Every time you say I'm really confident, you don't do well. <laughs> Death. When you say zero confidence, you do really well. There you go. Maybe I should just have no confidence moving forward. There we go. All right. <laughs> like no confidence, no... Or just crippling a, self-doubt. I think that's a good idea, personally speaking. <laughs> Might help your plot prediction. Well, uh, you know, um, well, that's good considering how long I talked for. So yeah. <laughs> the points backed it up. Yeah. So let's go into what you said. Now, the first thing is you said this movie would open up where the last movie left off, true, yep. with J. Jonah Jameson announcing Spider-Man's identity in his InfoWars-ish TV show, which will be broadcasted all over Times Square. Give you a point. Yep. My God, is it an InfoWars-esque TV show? Yes. He's even selling his own supplements, yes. like, like Alex Jones. We see it in the trailer, but you were right there, so I'll give you a point. He said Peter is swarmed by people who come at him with smartphones. Yep. He takes MJ and swings away as she screams. That's true. I'll give you a point for that. You said that they would- So you time jump straight after, like all of this. You skipped yes. over all of this. Yes. Because uh, I guess, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why. What you, you said wanted to focus on what sense. was going on in his school. <laughs> yeah. What Flash Thompson thought about I think this. I was just trying to piece together bits in the trailer before I actually went into- Yes. Actually predicting the, stuff. The crazier stuff. But this makes more sense that it would just go straight from where we left off. Because yeah. us as an audience would want to see that. So anyway, yeah. you said that- you said that they would try to escape to the top of a bridge where they're swarmed by yep. helicopters as Spider-Man is now a fugitive. You said that they would swing through a subway where he drops MJ off so yeah, she can get away. Both these things happen. They do yeah. go through a subway. He does go through the top of the yeah. bridge. The yeah, only- the sandwich, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. The only difference is, is that he drops her off at her house, not the- No, his house. Not the- Yeah, his house, sorry. His house, not the uh, subway platform. But other than that, you're absolutely correct. It's stuff we see in the trailer though as well. So I'll give you two sets of one points for that. You said that Peter turns his suit inside out to become the night monkey. So people don't think he is Spider-Man. In the movie, he does turn his yeah. suit inside out. So I'll give you because half a point. Someone threw green paint on it. Exactly, exactly. But the reason is, is because a protester yeah. threw green paint on him and he doesn't want to look- I can't believe I got dirty. The, the turning the suit inside out element. Yeah. I can't that was, believe that. That was pretty good. I mean, because it does look, I mean, if you look at the trailer, it looks like maybe it might be a brand new suit, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, you turned well, it I inside out. I did say out. later it was a brand new suit. You said that police would barge in 
into Peter's home when, when he's being comforted by Aunt May. Peter mm-hmm. tries to tell the police while they're in an interrogation room that he did not kill Mysterio. The evidence, including that the drones are in Peter's name, are stacking against Peter. Yep. And this will be used to summarize the events of the movie briefly, which is exactly what happens yep. in the movie. Again, you're something a- you didn't go into at all. No, no, I did not. But you're exactly right. We do see scenes of this in the trailer, but you called it. Yep. You said that May, Ned and MJ are being interrogated too. Give you a point yep. because they are. You said Happy Hogan bursts in to save Peter. Yeah. Since he has all the lawyers and the intel, he's able to get Peter out of there. So I give you two points for that. I know we discussed before that Happy Hogan, he's in trouble too, but it's through his resources that saves Peter, a.k.a. like Matt. Uh, uh, okay. I guess you just presume that. I didn't see it that way. You didn't see it that way? No. Well, I assumed he's got connections with Daredevil. Yeah, possibly. I don't but know. Yeah, I well, I gave I, you two points for it anyway. I didn't even know who the man was. So. <laughs> He said Peter is back at home and he's chatting with MJ over the phone. MJ asks Peter if he's worried and Peter tells MJ that the only time he ever felt normal was, well, post spider bite, that is, is when he was with her. I give you a point there. We see that in the trailer. He said that Peter is harassed when he enters school and he tells Ned and MJ not to be around him at this point. And he's harassed by people in class trying to film him on their phones. Give you a point there. This is all stuff we see in the trailer. Not really in the school, but outside the school. This is definitely the case. Happens in the school too. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, with so the after teachers- he finishes talking to the teachers, oh yeah, he turns to go down the hallway, and everyone's you're, standing there with their phones you, out. You're absolutely right. It does happen in the school. That's right. Yeah. You, well, actually, I'll give you another point for that then. No, it was in the trailer. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> one point then. Uh, you said that Flash is now in love with Peter Parker. Hey! Two points. Hey, we both, <laughs> we did both did it. Yes, that wasn't in any of the trailers. No. It's a safe assumption, but we didn't know. Yeah. You said that Peter and MJ are sitting on a roof reading the ill-informed newspaper articles about Spider-Man, and this bums Peter out. Yeah. He claims that he'll need to fix the situation. This is in one of the trailers, so I'll give you a point for that. You said that the decorations in a diner would inspire to seek Doctor Strange for help. Mm-hmm. Now, I just want to ask, because my memory is he just goes to Doctor Strange's lair. Was it the decorations that inspired yep. him? Yep, he looks at some wizard decorations in the... Uh, so, I took this from the trailer. Okay. And it was in the movie. There you go. I totally forgot that happened in the movie, so I'll give you a point well, you for that. You didn't even bring it up in your uh, in your, your prediction, so obviously no. you didn't see that in the no. trailer. No, no, no. Well, there, there you go. Point for I that. I actually get a feeling you may have missed one of the trailers because I had a lot of information that you didn't seem to have. I said there was two trailers originally. Yeah. Was there more than two? I don't remember. There's, there's like tons now. There, oh, yeah. It's, it's so hard. hard to- It's hard to pass out which ones were actually out when the original episode came out. Yeah, and, and that's something we do. So, when we go and we give each other points for our predictions, we go and watch what happened in yeah. the original trailer. But sometimes it's so hard because after the fact, there are all these brand new trailers. Yeah. So it's like, well, that trailer wasn't out and that trailer wasn't yes. out and that trailer wasn't out. Gets hard. But anyway, good good call on that then. You said that Peter asked Strange to cast a spell to make people forget that he is Spider-Man. You said Wong appears and warns them that this is too dangerous and it shouldn't be done. Yep. Strange lies and tells Wong that he definitely won't do it. And once Wong leaves on his holiday, Strange will take Peter back to his man cave to perform the spell. Yep. Give you points for that. In your plot, you thought the spell, rather than wiping people's memory, would transport Strange and Peter into a similar universe to their own, with the only difference being that Peter wasn't outed. Peter yeah. realizes, out loud he realizes this, that he wants MJ, May, Ned, etc. to still remember that he is Spider-Man, to sustain their relationships. The spell takes all this into consideration and creates, because of this, creates tears in the universe. Yeah. So, to summarize, the spell in your plot is taking all these individuals to another universe, but because there's too many and because it's getting all clustered, yeah. 
tears begin to happen. Now, I'll give you half a point for that. You're kind of on the right track, but not quite. As we kind of indicated before, the spell just pretty much wipes people's minds, or yeah. wipes people's specific memory of Peter Parker being Spider-Man. And the spell doesn't actually work. In the and movie. the spell doesn't actually work. So, right. the spell uh, being altered too much causes a tear in the universe, and Doctor Strange is able to contain, contain the tear. But in the time that the tear was open, that's when the villains came through. And the two, I didn't realise this until I rewatched the movies, the two other Spider-Man were brought into their universe at the same time. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, Ned's uh, portal doesn't open up pockets no, to other dimensions. It, it doesn't. Only, it only, it's, it's only opens up to their world, meaning that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are already there. And, in fact, Tobey Maguire says, I've been trying to find you since I came to this dimension. Yeah, because when I first watched the movie, I thought, oh, it's a portal to another multiverse, another yeah. dimension. But they do say, I just woke up and I was here. Yeah, that's right. And I was lost and I was trying to find through their- Spider sense. Yes, that's right. The he people they need to find. Th- there was two other Spider Men. Yeah, so that's true. Which is why he was testing Andrew Garfield. I keep going to say Andrew Garfunkel. <laughs> Andrew Garfield's Spider Man. Mm. Also, I just want to point out this is something you said after the episode that I remember. You said, oh, Peter changes the spell six times, which equates to the six villains that get released. Yeah, that's not accurate. It's not accurate? That's not accurate. I thought it was. I was no, like, oh. They all come through at the same time while Doctor Strange is trying to contain the okay. out-of-control spell. Right. Well, just it's a coincidence instance, then. Yeah. Anyway, you and said- And also, there's more than six villains. Oh, okay. <laughs> True. Anyway, you said that Strange would try to contain the spell, but this wouldn't work. Things would appear like, it, like they were crumbling around them. And then you said Strange would scold Peter about not thinking things through properly. Both yep. things are true. I'll give you points for that. Yep. You said that everything appears normal and on his way to a date with, with MJ. MJ. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the reason you thought it was a date is because Peter Parker is wearing a, a suit. suit. Yep. In the actual movie, he's trying to convince the board who didn't let him and his friends. Yeah, like the chairperson at MIT. Yeah. The, the admissions person, sorry, mm-hmm. at MIT to let his friends in. Let his friends in because they're not accepting it's their applications. Very selflessly. Yeah, He's yeah. like, you're not interested in coming in himself? It's like, oh, me and my friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's what he's doing, but you thought it was going to be a date with MJ, which is a pretty understandable guess. Yep. And you said on Peter's Uber ride, he is attacked by Doc Ock. Yep. A point there. We see that in the trailer, but that does happen. You said that the Doc Ock theme will appear. Two it does. points. Not the part everyone likes, but the, the first half. <laughs> hey, you said the Doc Ock theme, yep. and the Doc Ock theme was it there. Was here. Because otherwise, you may as well not make the movie, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, I'm so glad they used it. I was so happy. Like, both times I watched the movie, I was so happy. You were when, so giddy. When any of the classic music started playing, like, fuck the music from uh, The Amazing Spider-Man and those <laughs> movies. Like, nobody remembers that soundtrack. But not when really. any of the uh, the Danny Elfman or the guy who did the Hellraiser scores music started up, I was, I was just over the moon. <laughs> now, you said Peter would put on his Iron Man suit. That's the suit that has the spider legs which is true. He's in this suit at this point. And fight Doc Ock. Doc Ock will call Peter by name, leading Peter to believe that the spell never worked. In the movie, he already thought this. I mean, the spell didn't work, so, you know. And he doesn't react to anybody calling him Peter, which people do countlessly throughout the scene. But I guess everyone knows he's Peter Parker, so what's the the big reveal there? You said that Peter's mask would get removed and Doc Ock would be surprised that it's not the Peter Parker he knows. Give you a point for that. You said that Strange appears to help and captures Doc Ock. This does happen. Off screen. Off screen. So, I give you two points for this. Now, in the movie, how this happens is they have the fight with Doc Ock. Peter has the fight with Doc Ock. That is, Green Goblin appears. we We see him just. And then Peter Parker gets transported to the Sanctum. Doctor Strange reveals he's captured Doc Ock. He's captured yep. a few other villains. But either way, I give you, you two points. You forgot about the, uh, the Green Goblin for some reason. He's just like, should I get that guy? 
Nah, don't worry about him. He'll make his own way here. He's fine. He He's does, harmless. He, he does make his own way there too. <laughs> he does. Strange explains that the spell opened up holes. This is in your plot, that is. Opened up holes in the universe and that they're invaders from other universes which are similar to theirs and they need to return them back as their fates need to be carried out as they were destined. This is the case. I'll yep. give you a point for that. Doc Ock agrees to help Strange and use his science skills to create a machine that fixes the tears. And then Doctor Strange tells Peter, Ned, and MJ to stop the bad guys from, or stop more bad guys from coming through to their dimension or their universe. I give you half a point. What actually happens is Peter traps Doctor Strange in the Mirrorverse, and yes, he, that's right. he tries to capture all the villains, fix them before he sends them back, which is a big plot yeah. of this movie, which is the plot of this movie. You thought that Strange would give Peter a new gold suit, which would allow Peter to use magic. In right. the movie, this is given to him by Doc Ock as an upgrade. I think it's the nanobots. No, no, it's it's a combination of Doctor Strange and Doc Ock's technology. It's the capture device well, that they came up with to capture the other villains. He has he has the capture bracelet and on he, him. And he put it on the suit that is the inside-out suit. Yes, that's right. And then- So, what I said wasn't entirely accurate, but it no, was sort of there. No. Again, you didn't mention any of this. No, I, I didn't. I didn't. But it happens when Doc Ock is cured and then he puts his claw hand on Peter and that's when the gold suit appears. Well, not the gold suit, the device on his, on his arm. And he said that he and Dr. Strange developed it together. Or am in, I completely in, misremembering your, this? So There's my no me- suit. Let's just say that. There's no suit well, there, at there, all. There, there, is a, there is a suit that's red and gold. That's what I was thought you no, were No, that's the to. inside out suit. Oh, okay. Well, it's close enough to And me. then there's the red and gold suit as well. That happens later start. On. No, that was earlier. Right. So, Aunt May ends up washing his suit so he doesn't have to wear it inside out anymore. But yep. for a big period of the movie, he's just wearing his inside out inside suit. Inside out suit. Because... Doc Ock has the nanobots from his Tony Stark suit. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. It was half a point worthy anyway. (laughs) Yes. You mentioned Jameson will appear here and there as comic relief and trying to get the scoop on Spider-Man. He does. It's mostly through video, but there is a scene where he's physically there, so I'll give you a point for that. You said that Spider-Man would face off against the new and improved Electro. Yep. It is true. Electro will use power lines to get more power. I give mm-hmm. you a point for mentioning Electro is is back and he's redesigned. I give you two points because him getting power is a big plot point for Electro. So, yeah. well done there. Again, something you didn't think was important to mention. Not at What's all. What's going on with Peter Parker's principal, though? <laughs> That's the important thing. <laughs> The fight goes into a building, the fight between Peter and Electro, where Doc Ock will appear and help Peter. This does not happen. And then you said Green Goblin will appear at this point and help Electro escape. In the movie, Electro is captured at this point and taken to the Sanctum. Yep. You, you said that Peter and Doc Ock would form a really close relationship built on mutual respect. Now, this is more mm. the case with Osborn and Peter. Yes. And that's who Peter shares Basically, a the bond whole with. character arc that I had with uh, Doc Ock or Dr. Otter Octavius. Uh, is basically what they did in the movie with uh, Green Goblin, yeah. Norman Osborn. Yeah, y- y- yeah, pretty much, exactly. Uh, so I give you half a point because you're kind of on the right yeah. track. Again, if replace- anything, overall, you were way closer on all of these elements. Yeah, because I thought Green Goblin was going to be the big bad guy. And- That's right. And Doc Ock, would, Doc be Ock would be a good guy for most of the movie. The redeemed good guy, yeah. So you're kind of on the right track if you play- replace Ock with, um, with Green Goblin and- also, Peter does have a kind of relationship with Doc Ock. It's, a it's very bit. brief, but there's yeah. kind of a friendly nature to it. So, you know, you're, you're very close. You said that Doc Ock reveals that he and Doctor Strange made a cube that will transfer everyone back to their home universe. Now, I'll give you two points. This is something, Doctor, we, we know about the cube, but the cube yeah. does transport everyone back to their own universe, which is why I give you two points. Yeah, and I said I didn't waste mental energy. I'm trying to think of how it worked. <laughs> yeah. 
good and for I you. Guess in, in through being vaguer, I was a little bit closer, but also Doc Ock wasn't really involved with that. No, uh, no, he wasn't. It was it was purely Doctor Strange containing yeah. the spell. Okay, you, you said pretty much that Peter doesn't want to use the device because it means that the villains will leave and be killed. Which is in so their own universes, yeah. In their own universes, that, that's right. So, at this point in the movie and in this point in your plot, he realises that all the villains die. And he realises that if he sends them back, they, they're eventually going to be killed. And he feels responsible for this. Which is correct. And yeah. it's the main motivator of Tom Holland's Peter Parker throughout the whole yes. movie. Now, in your prediction, you guessed that because Doc Ock, or because Peter Parker was so close to Doc Ock, he doesn't want his new best friend to die, yeah. which I feel is kind of like a little bit of Kieran <laughs> coming through in the plot here. Yeah, maybe. Because you don't want Doc Ock to die Well, yourself. I'm like, there's no way that, uh, you know, uh, Norman Osborn, Green Goblin, would ever be portrayed as sympathetic. <laughs> <laughs> and he is. That's crazy. But, you know, it, you're, you're exactly right. So, I'll give, you, I'll give you two points in total there. This is a big part of the movie. Peter's moral compass is pushing him to save every single bad guy rather than letting him die. Yeah. So, you're right. You thought that Peter would try to escape with the cube. So, when he realizes this, he tries to steal the cube and escape and is pursued by Doctor Strange. Uh, in your prediction, the universe bending scene in the trailer would appear here and Doctor Strange would finally catch up to Peter and scold him for trying to live two lives. Does happen. Yeah. Does happen in this context and this no, part of the quite. movie happens a little bit earlier, but the reason he does this is because he doesn't want people to die. So you're right. Well done. You said that Ned, MJ, Strange, and Peter would teleport to a nexus point, which is on top of the Statue of Liberty. Well, they don't teleport there. They, they go there. No, they go there. But I mean, they could easily teleport there. <laughs> They've got the magic ring. They, they do. They do. And I give you a bonus point here because you said the Statue of Liberty is being remodeled to include Captain America's shield. Yes. Well done. And you, and you like had a big uh, hissy fit over that. Well, I just thought it was really silly, but I liked what they ended up doing with it. Yeah, which was- Destroy basically, it. <laughs> basically nothing, and then they destroy it. <laughs> yep. Now, you saw this in another- It was in a trailer, yeah. Yes, yes. Probably the one you didn't see. Maybe. And you said there was going to be scaffolding there as yes, well. Yes, that's so right. So, I'll give you two sets of one points there. You said that the twist would be- revealed at this point that Doc Ock was the mastermind bad guy the whole time, and the cube was actually designed to create more holes for more bad guys to, to swarm through, in. Yeah. And you said that Doc Ock's goal was to take over Holland's universe to avoid his own death in his own universe. He's going to take over the entire universe. Doesn't happen in the movie. Now, yeah, it's sort of Green Goblin's sort of plan. Yeah, yeah. It's not Doc Ock's plan. No. Green Goblin, I guess, wants to stay in this universe. Stay in the universe to avoid death. So I guess with you, this team of superpowers. I guess villains. I guess like half a point is probably worthy. Yeah, here. yeah, absolutely. So I'll give you half a point there. But also, it does lead to the tear in the universe. Yes, happening and more villains attempting to come through, which you get points for in a second. Now, at this point in your plot, you said that you don't want to guess any more of the plot, or you don't want to guess any more after this point, and you want to be surprised. So yes. you deliberately go off the rails. Yes, in an attempt to not ruin the hype for yourself. So, let's see how well you do yes. after you say this. The next thing you say is you said a portal opens up and Strange can no longer contain it and past villains appear. Yep. Which starts to happen. We don't see the villains, but- well, We uh, do see the villains. Well, we do see the villains, but they don't actually manage to come through. Yeah. Well, I wasn't saying that they came through. I just said that they appear in the, right. in the portals. Because well, otherwise I would have said, you know, other villains came through. Two points there. So, we see Craven the Hunter and like- Rhino. Uh, the Rhino, but not the Rhino from the Spider-Man 3. Sorry, the Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. It's like classic comic book Rhino. Yeah. So, two points there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in your plot, you said that the villains that will appear are the Green Goblin, Electro, Oh, Sandman. that's right. Sorry, I did say that they came through. Yeah. 
my bad. Lizard. I was talking shit. Um, I mean, you're right anyway, but like- I said both Green Goblins. Yeah, I get into it. Don't That's worry. That's not correct. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, so, in the actual movie, these villains are there throughout the whole movie. Yeah. In your plot, it's mainly just Doc Ock and I guess we see Green Goblin and Electro. And at this point in the in your prediction, this is when most of the bad guys come through at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Which I give you a point for because it's- uh, I mean, they're there. So, but both of us didn't really think that the villains would be, or at least all of the villains would be there through the whole course of the movie. No, no. And in the actual movie, they were. Because we've covered a lot of movies here and we know that you can't have a lot of characters on screen yeah. at the same time. It almost never works. Yeah. And this is an exception. Yes. Because they knew exactly what to do with each bad guy. And each good guy. And each good guy, exactly. Well, each character. You said that Strange and Peter are outnumbered. And that they are getting defeated. Uh, not really. The, at this point, all three Spider-Man are here and what they have to do is work together. And they to are outnumbered. Them. Yeah. They are outnumbered, but they realize working together is the is the key here. But uh, So, you're sort of on the right track there. That's half a point. You said that MJ falls and is saved by Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, which is the best call in your plot, yep. in my opinion. And I give you two points for that. No one saw that coming. Well, you did. Yes. <laughs> but you were, you were the only one, according to the reaction in cinemas. Yeah. Because people lost their shit when this happened. And I like that I joke that he says, uh, I'm not going to let that happen again. <laughs> Essentially, that happens in the movie too. He does kind of say that pretty much in a yeah. more dramatic way than yes. you predicted or joked. But yeah. And then you said- Toby- This was all jokes, by yeah, the way. Yeah. yeah. You said that Tobey Maguire appears, albeit not with a pizza, but he does. So I give you two points. Yeah. He doesn't say pizza time. No, he doesn't say pizza time. We're all very disappointed. He doesn't say see a chump, but he is there. (laughs) You said that the Spider-Man- See a chump. (laughs) Wait wait for it, wait for it. You said that the Spider-Man recreate the meme where they're all pointing at each other. Yep. Now, this doesn't happen at this point in the movie, but it does happen in the lab where all the Peter Parkers are together and there is promotional material. There's promotional shots where they're all doing that. Yes. So, I'll give you a point for that. Which came out after the movie. It did. It did. So, you know, you did call it, but not at this point in the movie and they're they're not in the suits. Next, you said, and I quote, we will have the most epic fight scene ever staged and Disney wishes... They were as creative as Sony. I'd agree with that. I give you two points yeah. for that. <laughs> I'd agree. With I don't that. like giving points for subjective opinions, but I, yeah. I, at this point, I don't think it's subjective, especially considering what Disney has tried to do after yes. this movie came out. You could kind of think that, or you could kind of assume, or you could kind of come, you could kind of think that maybe they're trying to recreate. So, this. how did it compare to the fight at the end of uh, Eternals? Oh, it was much better. <laughs> what about Shang Chi? It was much better. You said that Venom will appear at this point to help. He doesn't. He no, does appear in the no, movie, no. but not at this point. Oh, yeah. I should I should mention. You did mention earlier. You did say both Green Goblins are here. Yeah. That, it's only the one Thank Green goodness they didn't include that second Green Goblin, that third Green Goblin from The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Everybody, uh, every other villain you mentioned does appear except for the Green Goblin and Venom. Second Green if, Goblin. Second Green Goblin 2. Yeah, shit Goblin. <laughs> Nob Goblin. Let's call him Nob Goblin. <laughs> Nob Goblin. You said that each villain is punched back into their own universe. <laughs> sort of. I give you a point for that because in That's a way, a punching. They, they get defeated and they all absorb back into their own universe. You said that Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man will give Holland, said Tom Holland, some words of wisdom and disappear. I'll well, give not, you not two points. Not the country, Holland. No, not the country, okay, Holland. Cool. The whole country of Holland. What was it you said? What did I get two points for there? Gives him some advice. Gives him some words of wisdom and disappear. Okay, yeah. Well, he does do that. He does. I think you may have just said, see a chump, but I decided to ca- count that as words of wisdom. You said that there will be a cliffhanger with the tears of the universe causing a problem that they'll need to solve that will need to be solved in the multiverse of madness. Technically so, the case, but the, the, the tears are closed up. 
So, what I am going to say here is it's not really the case. The only cliffhanger is that everyone forgets that everyone forgets about Peter. The Multiverse of Madness is mainly a continuation of WandaVision. Would yeah. you agree with that or disagree yeah, yeah. with that? Yeah, and so the whole reason that the, the universe is being disrupted in that movie is because of America Chavez, yes. who can punch holes between universes. <laughs> Funny enough. And everyone wants to kill her to restore like the status quo. Right. But then obviously Doctor Strange wants to protect her. So it's not really related to this movie. But in the actual movie itself, the the, the post credit scene is just a trailer for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So meaning what I said was technically true. Well, in my notes here, I said, I've just written a note to myself saying, Maddie D, you were recovering for a, from a head injury around this point. So you may not be right here. So, uh, okay, I'll give you a point for that. Last thing you said is you said you hope the movie will not be like this. <laughs> well, not like how I said. It wasn't quite like how I said. Yes. It was better than what I predicted. And with that, I got and better than what you predicted. A few more points here. Okay. You got 52 and a half points. Oh, there you go. Well, I talked for a lot less than you. There you go. And I think you were closer with the latter half of the movie, even though you really breezed over it. Here's the thing. I think between us, we were very, very close. Yes. Between the two of us. More close than we had any right being. Yes. Yeah. Considering- We definitely got most of the elements of the movie. Considering there was next to no information about what was going to happen, going to really happen in the movie, we we did pretty damn well. Yes, that's right. Now, as we've said in our best and worst of 2021 episode, both Matty D and I have said that this movie, Spider-Man No Way Home, was our favourite movie of that year. Yeah. It was the movie to beat for that year and we couldn't think of one that was better. So, rather than me going, hey, Matty D, what did you think of uh, Spider-Man No Way Home? I think we should just have a like a, a joint discussion on what we liked about the movie, why we thought it was really good and why it was our favourite movie of that year. And potentially why it might be up there with one of our favourite superhero movies. And also, maybe we should counterbalance it with some of the stuff that didn't work, some of the stuff that we didn't like, and why it may or may not stand the test of time. So, yeah, take it away, Matty D. Right. Well, I think it's no secret I love this movie. It was a really good time. I enjoyed watching it in cinemas. Mm. Like, I enjoyed the the sort of audience reaction with it. That yeah. I, I've not had that experience that was for a big part of such it. a long time. And I thought that maybe that kind of painted my impression of yeah. the movie. I thought, okay, you probably will like it, but you probably like it a little bit more because of all the oohs and ahs and cheese. Saying you might is- like it a bit more in the cinema. Yes. Than watching it at home. But I've watched it at home a few times now, including for this podcast, and I still enjoy it. I, I think they I think they nail it. Uh, things I like about it, I, I think that um, every character is given such respect and and is is handled so well like if you're a toby Maguire spider-man fan yep. i think everything they handle with with him and his character is great like we said during the the episode as we were discussing mm-hmm. the plots they take all the best elements of all the movies that they reference and they don't include any of the elements that people don't like so yes. they're only taking and referencing all the best elements and then ignoring the things that people don't like which is what really works about yeah what they actually do in the movie and to sort of piggyback on your point, I think they do things better than some of those original movies. I think- uh, Well, they do a lot of the same things. It's just, like well, I said, they only reference the good things that well, people like, like about those like movies. Like Green Goblin in this movie, even though he's a lot older, he can't do a lot of his own stunts and, and, and yeah. physically do a lot of the things. This Green Goblin was better than the Green Goblin in Spider-Man 1. I'd say he's pretty much the same. Okay. He's pretty much the same. Well, him without a mask for me and just relying on, you know, the first yes. acting. That was a good choice. Y- y- you just you didn't you didn't need the mask at all. He he was just so captivating. So, 
Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin in the original Spider-Man movie is probably my favourite superhero villain of all time. Yep. And the fact that they did it again in this movie really spoke to me because I'm like, well, he's just as good as he was in that first movie. He's not in it as much as he was that first movie. But what he brings here is something that I've been craving from like almost every other superhero movie that I've, that I've ever seen, I suppose. <laughs> and as we know, I'm not the big superhero fan. I saw, what was it, the first Spider-Man movie at an impressionable age. Same with the second Spider-Man movie at an impressionable age. So, in my mind, that's what, like, the formula is. Yeah. And the fact that we're going back to formula, <laughs> uh, is, I think, is a positive. Because we've said this off air, and I don't think we've said it on the show. Uh, I think the reason that this movie really worked for me, and I think one of the reasons it might have worked for Matty D, is, like, the fact that we have such a good villain in this movie yeah. is what we've been missing from so many of the other yes. Marvel and DC movies that we've covered on this show and that we've seen over the last couple of years. And a, and a good villain really makes a difference absolutely. in a superhero movie. Absolutely. Someone needs to write that to Marvel. Yeah, absolutely. It's Disney's Marvel. Yes. Or even Sony's Marvel. They, well, they know what they're doing. They did this movie, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I Another thing I really liked, I think Tom Holland in this movie really excelled. I, you know, I think you can look at all the- Much improved over the previous two movies. You can look as much at- as we like those movies- I think the biggest flaw in his character was that he was a big, like, wuss. He was just constantly well, whining. I, I liked him And I hate, like, so superheroes. I, I hate superheroes who are reluctant superheroes. Yeah. Like, I'm just, just be the superhero. <laughs> you don't see Batman going like, oh, it's so hard being Batman well, and Bruce Wayne. Uh, sometimes. But he doesn't moan about it. You know, the thing that annoyed us about Sprite is that she would just kept complaining. And then they always just seem to portray teenagers as just really whiny mm. in a lot of modern movies and in, in superhero movies. Sure. So, the fact that he actually sort of develops a bit more in this movie and loses a lot of that whiny edge and actually wants to be there and be a superhero and reclaim his life. Like, I like that a lot better than what they did in the previous yeah. two movies. Like, I always thought that was the weakest aspect. Well, well so many of... The superhero movies we've seen so far, there's never really been any loss or any real stakes to any. Well, that yeah, that's a good on. element too. Um, so the fact that he is whiny and doesn't want to be Spider-Man gives us the whole plot in the first place. So it yeah. does need to be an element in the movie. But they yeah. were taking something that I thought was a weakness in the other two movies and making it a strength in this yeah. one. Yeah, and, and his growth through the whole movie, like he is yes. so captivating as Spider-Man throughout this whole movie, and that's saying something when you've got. A returning Tobey Maguire, a returning Andrew Garfield, like you know, yeah. Willem Dafoe, like that. To, to, for him to still carry this movie is a huge compliment to him and what they do with his character. And, and MJ's good, and, and Ned does a lot in this as well. Yeah. So like, they have a good balance. Really, really good balance. Which is very rare for overstuffed superhero movies. So it just- In fact, we were worried that it wouldn't work because we're like, every time they overstuff a superhero movie, it doesn't really work. Yeah, and this is the one exception. This is the one exception. Yeah. I don't think, that, personally speaking, I don't think Infinity War, Endgame, or even really the first Avengers movie, I think the, the first Avengers movie did it the best out of those movies. But Infinity War and Endgame, I thought, had a really bad balance of all the superheroes. Like, mm. if you're a big fan of Black Panther, you're not going to be served by uh, no, maybe not. those two movies. Yeah. If you're a big fan of Iron Man, great. You'll love <laughs> oh, those movies. so much Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. So, I think I think they did a lot of things well. It was fun in the right places. It was moving in the right places. Yeah. It it, um, it pandered to its audience, but didn't over-pander to its audience. Yeah. So, there was enough little things there that everybody would get, but if you didn't get it, you didn't lose out on anything. So, I think it was just really perfect. Is there sort of flaws? I think we spoke about this before. Like, I think it does so much right and it does so much well that you can overlook some things. Absolutely, yeah. But what it does good is so good that I'm, yes. I'm totally cool with that. And- I remember when we watched this in the cinemas, we were blown away. Like our yes. jaws were on the floor. We ha- we were having the best time. We were yes, like, yeah. we were like ten years old again, both of us. Yeah. We, we were having a blast. And I remember when the movie finished, 
and I had this moment of like, oh, this is fantastic. Oh my God, I can't believe this. And then I had this moment of sadness because I was like, they will never be able to replicate this no. again. But I know, I know they're going to try. And I know people are going to hate me because they're going to say, no, Into the Spider-Verse did it and did it better and did it first. I disagree. I think nothing... I, I think this movie did something that has never been done before, quite like how it executed it. And they've been trying to do it since and it can't be done since. It can't be replicated. So, here's the big thing about this movie. And I think one of the big flaws that we should really talk about. Yeah, let's talk the, about the flaws. The only thing, the only reason that we really like this movie is because it's referencing other movies that yeah. we like. So, if we had never seen another Spider-Man movie and went into this movie completely cold and blind, yeah. we would not like it. No. It would not be a movie that or, we really enjoyed. You know, I, I think we would say it was okay. Yeah, we would just say it's, it's fine. fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. That's what we would do. Yeah, absolutely. So we only really like it because they're pandering specifically to us as an audience. We have a bias, but the filmmakers know this. Yes. And it's it's geared towards us and other people like us. And I don't really think this movie will stand the test of time in the long run. I don't think like way off in the future when they're celebrating movies from this decade that this is going to be held up as it'll probably be remembered as like a very successful financial movie. But watching it in a vacuum, I think to like, if we have film historians in a hundred years, they probably won't understand the appeal or, or really like it as much as we do in this moment now. Mm. And even to kids who go in having never seen, you know, a Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie, that's like too old for them. They haven't watched it. It won't even have the same impact to them. No. So, we're the right audience at the right age, at the right time for yeah. this movie to really appeal to. But I don't think it could ever be a, a great movie, in my opinion. It is a, a great movie to me personally, but just in general, I wouldn't recommend it to everybody because you're only going to have a positive response to this movie if you have all this prior knowledge. Yeah, I, I, and that shouldn't be the case with art. No, I, you know, I, I agree with you. I still love this movie and I still rate this movie, but you're, you're right. You need the, the background to really enjoy it as much as, you, as, much as possible. Yes. Um, I think you said something interesting to me about this movie because you said it, it really- targets three generations of Spider-Man fans. And even when we were watching it in the cinema- Even could- though there's at least four or five generations of Spider-Man fans. True. Which true. weren't serviced by this movie. That is true. But there were, there were we could see that there were pockets of the Tom Holland fans and they would like squeal at yes. high pitches. And then you could hear the the Andrew Garfield people and the, yeah. like, the, the Tobey Maguire people. So even though, you yeah, you need to have a background to enjoy this movie, there's a multiple, multiple generational- audience for this movie yes. as well. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it works for the movie now, but it won't always it work. Won't work for, it won't work forever, no. No. But uh, so some of the other flaws, we, again, we should counterbalance because we've been yeah. giving this movie too many compliments, but I don't think it's it's entirely perfect. Uh, CGI was a little bit questionable at the time. CGI, yeah. I wanted to say this. CGI was a little bit bad and some of the characters did not look like themselves in action scenes. No. Uh, it's it's a shame that some of the special effects in the early 2000s uh, <laughs> movies were better than what they were giving us in 2021. Yes. And given that they have a much bigger budget too, or bigger resources, yes. bigger budget, greater technology, yet they still couldn't beat what they did in those original movies. They're trying to rush which it is out. A, which is a shame. Well, we know that the, uh, the special effects industry for Marvel, Disney, is like a sweatshop machine, essentially, yes. and you're never going to get like good results when you, the care and attention is not being put into it. And I think that is a big shame. So, that's going to really date this movie. In fact, the movie already looks dated. Yeah, it doesn't look great. Where I'd even say- At points, at points. Yes. So, I would even say that like the amazing Spider-Man movies still hold up a little bit better special effects-wise than this new movie. Yeah, I'd agree. Or any of the three Tom Holland movies, which mm. we've we've enjoyed. But yeah, I think, again, that's going to date the movie in the future. 
Yeah. And I think that's something they should have worked a little bit harder on. Yeah. The de-aging effects on Alfred Molina look pretty good. They were okay. Not sure about that wig, though. <laughs> <laughs> He's self-conscious. It's a character choice. It was a completely different haircut to the one he had in that original well, you movie. Know, his hair's grown out. <laughs> it became, having- like, curly. <laughs> yeah. Very strange there. It did look a little weird. Uh, the, the plot as well, like, there is some logical leaps, leaps yeah. that you need to make. I think if you're looking at this movie- with a with a plot and making wanting wanting things to make sense, you're not going to have fun with this movie. It could have been simpler. Yeah, yeah. I think I think a lot of the time it was just like these bad guys are here. Why? Because it's fun, and that yes. and that was pretty much it. I have to say, I was never really bored throughout the movie, and it was two and a half hours long. Yeah, the movie held me through the entire entire runtime. Eternals was a little bit longer, but it didn't hold me at all. The only bit that I didn't really like was the the start of the movie, like the the bit before the supervillains turn up. I thought yep. that dragged a little bit, but I still enjoyed it. I still thought it was fun and I enjoyed the jokes. I wasn't wincing at the jokes like I'm usually doing. <laughs> so, yeah, and it's not even like I have that. Well, you like, still had Jameson running around. Yeah, doing exactly. Things, so. Yeah, exactly. But not, not, you know, he wasn't overbearing. He wasn't there in every single scene. Mm. But yeah, even the slow bits I liked. So yeah, even, even the bits w- w- where it was just Tom Holland and the characters we knew, like Aunt May and MJ yeah. and Ned and Hogan, like they were still good as well. And I liked the, how they handled the death of Aunt May. Yeah, beautiful. How they carried on that legacy. Yeah. And Tom Holland's sort of like arc to I don't know he does the, the the Batman thing. You know what I mean? Where like it's about being a hero and not about serving myself, getting revenge for my own. Yeah. Well, these, Personal gripes. these movies typically end with you think it's not going to work out, but then it does. And for them yeah. to go in a completely different direction where Tom Holland sees MJ, you know, at the cafe and rather than telling yeah, her- Yeah, when they've all forgotten him. Yeah, and, and rather than telling her who he is and which is what you think is going to happen because that's what they typically do, he he doesn't. And like that was yeah. powerful. Yes. And, and I was even surprised. Yeah, I thought Aunt May might look like she was going to die, but be fine. In the hospital or somewhere recovering, but they actually pull that pin, and I'm yeah. like, good on them for doing that. Yeah, Wait, we're exactly. talking about the flaws, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're just saying how the flaws even work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, become there's, strengths. There's a bit. Like, I think when you watch it more and more, you'll notice like the editing is a little weird at points. And I like the editing a lot in this movie. Okay, I think it really helps. To, I, I'm to nitpicking. Keep the pace. Though. I'm really nitpicking. So much happens in the first ten minutes of this movie. Yeah, that it really sort of draws you in for the rest of the the ride. So Peter Parker. He's found out by everybody. He's outed yes. by J. Jonah Jameson, takes MJ home. He's captured by the police. He's arrested, sorry, by the police. He's interrogated by the police. He goes to school and has all this chaos in school and then laments on the roof within the first 10 minutes of the movie. Most movies, that would be the first 40 minutes. Mm. But because of how this movie is paced and edited, it just uh, clips along at a nice pace. Yeah. And it gives us time to focus on the stuff that we're interested in. The fun moments, <laughs> you know what I mean? When we have, you know, fun moments with the bad guys and with the Spider-Man. And, you know, it takes its time to focus on the stuff that it knows its audience is going to like. And then it really, unlike Matty D's plot, it really skips <laughs> over all the really boring stuff that people aren't really interested in seeing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I, I guess that's, yeah. A, a lot of people, including us, thought that all the cool stuff would happen right at the end. And I yeah. really love the fact that they just went, nah, the we through. know what you're here for. Let's let's go for it. I love that they made Doc Ock a hero at yeah. the end. I thought that was a great choice. It was something cool. you called. Yeah. But it's something they handled really well. Well, he was always kind of like a Shades of Grey type of guy. Yeah. So. Well, he's one of the original sympathetic superheroes. Yes. He was one of the first times they ever did that and they've been flogging that horse ever since <laughs> but yes okay I'm, I'm keen to hear what the audience thinks there may be people in our audience who just did not have the same experience as us maybe yeah. they thought the movie was lame oh I just want to say one more thing one of my favourite things about this okay. movie uh, outside of all the action scenes and everything going on is just seeing three Spider-Man just talking shop 
Just talking yeah. about regular things. That was one of the best elements of the movie. Yeah, they're just like, hey, you you uh, you shoot webs from a machine? Like, just that sort of stuff. I was just like, oh my God, I'm and 10 the, years old. And the villains, like, explaining what their plots were before they died. <laughs> like, straight-faced. And how lame they sound. <laughs> yes. It was a really good joke, too. But yes, I'm really keen to see what our audience thinks of this movie. Do you love it as much as we do? Are you in the camp of being like, it wasn't that good? I didn't see the, the hype behind it. But yeah, you can let us know in several places. Send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. You can find us on our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, and X. Should we X go back to Twitter? Call it, should we call it Twitter again? Everyone calls it Twitter still. Everyone calls it X Twitter. It's just Musk that decides, you know, yeah. to keep calling it X. So we have the power to bring Twitter back. <laughs> it will happen. Or you can simply leave us a comment on this episode's page on our Podbean site. Right, we're done talking about Spider-Man. I've been looking forward to having this conversation. What a fun episode. Oh. All year. Thank goodness we got out of that slog of uh, <laughs> shit movies in our actual spoilers uh, yep. schedule. And we really should point out in the future, I think maybe at the end of next episode, how we're going to change how we structure our actual spoilers episode. Yes, we're going to make some changes. Yes, that's right. So we're going to go into a different universe where we structure our uh, actual spoilers episodes a bit better. We can finally get through the backlog. <laughs> yes. But not this episode. We really wanted to have this conversation. We need it. And we're going to have conversations again like this in the future. But you will see a change very soon to how we do our episodes. So, next week, we're going back to doing another movie prediction. Thinking I'm going to throw Maddie D a bone and we might uh, team up to predict this one together, cool. even though we're not quite due to do that yet. But yeah, next week, we're going to be looking at uh, very much a wild card movie. I can guarantee you this one is not going to be as popular as Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> But we're going back again to yet another. This is our third Jason Statham movie in one year. Oh, here we are. Because next week we're going to be predicting what's going to happen in the upcoming action movie, The Beekeeper. (laughs) Which is the best title for a Jason Statham movie since The Meg. He's just gone through the whole animal kingdom. Yes. They tried to steal my honey. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to get his honey back. Yes. I cannot wait to talk about this one because I can tell you we're not going to take it seriously. (laughs) With a title like that, how can you? How can audiences? So yeah, please join us next week for The Beekeeper. And until then, see you, chump. You spun your last web, Spider-Man. Had you not been so selfish, your little girlfriend's death would have been quick and painless. But now that you've really pissed me off, I'm gonna finish her. Nice and slow. 